Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horniman, AKA the Thyroid Fixer. Also functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. Estrogen. Is it a friend? Is it a foe? Is it just a bitch? Today, you have me talking about the good and bad of estrogen and really looking into the research and the study and how it affects our thyroid, good and bad, and what the overall effects and the symptoms that you might be experiencing with high or low estrogen. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So let's just start off. Estrogen needs to be vindicated. Estrogen is vilified in our society way too much. And this came from, the reason why it was vilified in the very beginning, this came from the Women's Health Initiative study. When those results were released, everyone was stunted with fear and women everywhere stopped their hormone replacement therapy because they heard and read and were scared by their doctors who pulled all of their estrogen away from them, rightly so, but we'll get into that, because of fear of increased risk of breast cancer. So if we look at the actual Women's Health Initiative study, The Women's Health Initiative used randomized trials. And the problem with the Women's Health Initiative is that it used randomized trials examining the risk of breast cancer and hormone treatment for postmenopausal women, but they used the fake stuff. Now, we've talked in other podcasts about birth control and birth control's effect on the thyroid and how it literally is an endocrine disruptor. Synthetic hormones, synthetic hormones, like those in birth control, are endocrine disruptors. Now, when we're talking about real bioidentical hormones, that is a whole other topic, and we're going to get to that. The Women's Health Initiative used synthetic hormones, and that's why we found, oh my God, look at this. There's an increased risk of breast cancer. There's an increased risk of blood clot and stroke. And that's why the estrogen was pulled away from women right out of their hands because of this fear and we do kind of live in fear-based medicine, don't we, right now in this day and age, this fear prompted women, prompted doctors to get rid of replacing hormones and then shut their mind down to any kind of hormonal replacement. They basically, you know, were like those 
those monkeys, like see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. We will not talk about estrogen anymore. It's bad, 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 bad. Estrogen dominance is bad. Synthetic estrogens are bad. And you have to look at studies from a point of view of really being a researcher yourself. You have to get into the data and really start to break it down and look at what it means for you individually and what that study actually means. Even the studies that we're seeing coming out today, the facts that we're hearing today, you have to look at where is that source? Is it Pfizer? Is it a drug company? Is it the maker of synthetic estrogen telling you that it's good? Look at the source of your research, of the research that you're reading, not your research, the research that you're reading about and see if there's any kind of influence. Even when we're talking about thyroid medication, Synthroid, right? The makers of Synthroid. What are they saying? Hey, you know, doc, that T4 that we make, it's really, really effective. We think that you should prescribe Synthroid when you find that somebody has a thyroid condition. Not any of those other medications. No, 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 no. Armor, that doesn't work. No. T3, oh, come on. Our Synthroid is just as good as T3. Prescribe our Synthroid. Same thing with bioidentical hormones versus synthetic hormones. Bioidentical is real. Anything that's real really can't be patented and can't be pushed into a pill unless it's from a compounding pharmacy, but then a drug company doesn't get that money, do they? Synthetic estrogens were prescribed ad nauseum back in the day because they were manufactured by a drug company as are birth control pills to this day. But that is where we're finding the problem. So here's what we're looking at. When we're looking at Chabowski's study, we found, he found that two types of treatment had the opposite effect on breast cancer. The postmenopausal women in the study using hormone therapy consisting of conjugated equine estrogen, CEE, alone, just estrogen, for about seven years experienced a significant decrease in both the incidence of and mortality of breast cancer, with these effects persisting more than a decade after stopping use. However, those using a combination of CEE plus the fake progesterone, medroxyprogesterone acetate, MPA, a progesterone-containing hormone, but yet synthetic, if they used estrogen and fake progesterone for less than six years, they showed a significantly heightened risk of breast cancer incidence and associated mortality, also persisting for more than a decade after discontinuing use. So these findings from full-scale, double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized clinical trials in conjunction with the previously reported effects on other clinical outcomes and consideration of patients' indication for treatment and personal preferences can now better form clinical decision-making. And with this data, with these data, we now have the knowledge to meaningfully reduce the risk of breast cancer in postmenopausal women. We are now using, we are using estrogen, bioidentical, real, not synthetic. We are using real bioidentical estrogen to now protect against breast cancer and in breast cancer treatment 
post-breast cancer treatment. And I know this sounds very controversial to you, and this is kind of a controversial topic, but yet not in the functional space, because in the functional space, we are here to calm down your fears. We are here to say estrogen is okay. I can't tell you the amount of women, women that I talk to that might be a patient. We chat about this on the phone before they sign up. Women who do become a patient who are still fearful of estrogen. So let's break down the good part of estrogen, right? So we know that estrogen is breast protective. It is also neuroprotective. It actually protects our brain against those diseases of aging. So Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, our brain needs estrogen and it needs it in the proper amounts because our bodies, you know, if you look back at the lifespan of a human being a hundred years ago, most women didn't hit menopause because they died of whatever, you know, being out in the wilderness or polio or whatever the heck was killing them back then, starvation. Nowadays, we are living longer. Most women do enter menopause. It's something that you just can't escape unless you're working with someone that's actually replacing your hormones. So when we're looking at estrogen, we have to look at the benefits of estrogen and not be scared. Estrogen can actually protect against breast cancer. And we're using hormone replacement therapy, and that is estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, because testosterone has great proliferative effects post-breast cancer to actually prevent the recurrence and to help a woman just simply feel better because nine times out of 10, a woman is placed on tamoxifen to decrease their estrogen post breast cancer therapy, whether it's chemotherapy, radiation, and that's to lower her total estrogen and to block the bad estrogen. But over a period of time and after she gets past that, which it should be short-term, short-term use of tamoxifen, she can then actually begin replacing hormones with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, real estrogen, real progesterone, compounded testosterone to help her feel better and to reduce the recurrence. So estrogen has multiple, multiple good benefits to it. It's also vaginally lubricating. So those of us, I'm not there yet. I can't say us. I'm still getting my period. I celebrate every single month. Those that have progressed into menopause, you may be experiencing vaginal dryness. The beauty of estrogen, estradiol, the good, the good estrogen, the good, the good witch, the witch that wears the white. Let's not demonize estrogen. There's the bad estrogen. There's the bad witch. What was she from the east, from the west? The bad witch that wears the black. And then we have the good witch that speaks really with a high voice and she wears white and she looks like a fairy princess. The good estrogen is there to make us feel like a princess, to give us the vaginal lubrication, to soften our skin, to actually help with collagen production. You've heard of hyaluronic acid. That's what they inject into your face and filler. Estrogen actually increases your natural hyaluronic acid and your natural collagen production. That's why when you lose estrogen and you go into menopause, your face starts to lose that plumpness, that plump look. The skin starts to get really dry, and that's where we see wrinkles. And that is a decrease in estrogen. I talked to a woman today who is experiencing hair loss. And yes, part of that hair loss is thyroid-related because she's not yet optimized. But she also had a hysterectomy. So those of you out there who have had a hysterectomy, especially where your ovaries were removed, you just lost your ability to produce estrogen, most of it. 
Some is produced in the adrenal glands, but most of your estrogen is produced in your ovaries. When we have a hysterectomy and we take that out, we have now lost all of our estrogen. And that's where you start to see the decline in hair follicle strength and thickness. So most women entering menopause will notice hair thinning. And that is low estrogen. And then when hair falls out, yes, that can be estrogen as well, but that can also be a combination of thyroid and estrogen. So that's where we really get hit with a double whammy with our hair because the hair begins to thin because of low estrogen and then it falls out if your thyroid's not optimized. So you want to make sure that, that both are happening there. Then when we're talking about skin, like I said, increased wrinkles, increased vaginal dryness, and then we start to get the brain. Brain fog. Y'all know that's tied to thyroid. Y'all know the brain fog and memory loss and, and that lack of concentration, definitely tied to low thyroid or non-optimized thyroid. But what if you have low estrogen on top of that? Now you're just, you had that double whammy. How many patients of mine tell me they think they're entering early Alzheimer's and they're not, but they believe that they're entering a stage of early Alzheimer's because their brain just isn't functioning. And then we look at the labs and we go, look, your estrogen is in the tank. You're less than 15. And then let's not even talk about progesterone and testosterone yet. Hang tight. Those are probably low too. And then here's your thyroid. And that's in the tank too. So of course your brain isn't going to work because your brain wants estrogen and your brain has receptor sites on it for T3. You're not feeding it anything, meaning T3 or estrogen. So it's not going to fire properly. You're surviving, but you're not thriving. Now, do we want estrogen in a dominant state? So let's go over estrogen dominant. So we talked about low estrogen. Well, real quick, before we go into, I think it would be worth going over some of the symptoms that are connected to low estrogen. So we talked a little bit about vaginal dryness, bad skin, hair loss. We know all that. We can also, the, the memory loss, the focus, the concentration, all that goes down. Our brain starts to work a lot slower. We can't focus. We can't think. We're not as sharp. A lot of our tissues start to dry out. So you might even notice dry eyes, dry mucous membranes. You definitely notice dry skin. I get that. And then we start to notice that, that our fire just isn't there. Not just sex drive, because that's more testosterone, but estrogen does play a role. But we start to know that that, that fire, that desire to do things. I always call testosterone the get shit done hormone, and it is. But estrogen is right there helping. It's because it's very, very protective of our body. And it says, girlfriend, you need a little bit of me to even want to have sex with that guy over there or that girl, whatever your preference. You need a little bit of me to have that desire. You need testosterone helping you out too. And testosterone is going to come along and that's going to really kind of give you that drive and that motivation and give you that tingly feeling down below. But I'm going to be there helping the situation out because there's no way you're going to have sex with a dry vagina. Sorry, this might have to be marked as explicit now because I said the V word, but it's true. Estrogen is there helping you be a woman. It's helping you be soft and supple. And I don't care if you're going into your 60s and 70s. Don't you dare tell me that you're all dried out and frail and wrinkly. You can be soft and supple. 
You can have full breasts. You can be breast protective against breast cancer with estrogen. So estrogen gets very vilified. And we will talk about the negative effects of high estrogen because we don't want that either. We want estrogen right in the middle. I always call iodine the Goldilocks element. Estrogen is the Goldilocks hormone. See, with testosterone, we can go too high. We can actually increase someone's testosterone, a woman's testosterone into the hundreds and she feels good and it'll be marked high on a blood test. But she tells me, listen, girl, you do not drop my testosterone below hundred because this is where I feel my best and I'm strong and I build a muscle and I'm burn fat and I have a libido. Fine. That's fine. Testosterone can go up above that reference range and it's okay. We, we can actually deal with it. It doesn't c- come with a whole lot of negative side effects unless you start pushing into kind of the androgenic side effects of acne. Progesterone is the balancing hormone. You really can't go too high in that either. It's really hard to go too high in progesterone. Good luck doing that. I mean, again, unless you're with a, a doctor that has no idea what they're doing and they're putting you on 400 milligrams of progesterone, not realizing that you shouldn't be taking that much orally. Either the compounding pharmacy is messing up or your doctor is messing up. Somebody's messing up along the way. Very, very hard to get too high of a level of progesterone. Too high of a level of estrogen comes with problems. Estrogen dominance that we normally see early on, but listen, ladies, you can be estrogen dominant into your menopause years, and I will explain why. Estrogen dominance interferes with your thyroid function. That's why women get more thyroid problems in the first place, because we have more estrogen. So estrogen dominance actually pushes you, pushes that T4 into reverse T3, and it puts you in that survival mode. We don't want high reverse T3. That will shut down your body's metabolism. With estrogen dominance, we already get increased water retention. Why in the hell would we want to shut down our thyroid function too? Talk about a double whammy. Again, when you want to talk about a double whammy with with weight gain, go ahead and let's go into a state of estrogen dominance and not have our thyroid fixed and walk around with elevated reverse T3. That's probably caused by the estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance over here, we'll call it ED, not to be confused with erectile dysfunction. ED over here is going to cause excess water retention. It's going to cause weight gain. It's going to cause irregular cycles. It's going to push up reverse T3. It is going to, if you do walk around with estrogen dominance long enough and it's not addressed, can it, even though it's natural, right? Even though it's your own estrogen, can it increase your risk of breast cancer? Yes, it can. Because most likely, if you are in a true state of estrogen dominance, and let's say it's not from polycystic ovarian syndrome, even if it is, again, we have to address that. And even if it is, you were probably stuck on birth control pills, which is exacerbating the the whole situation. A state of true estrogen dominance, where your estrogen level, when we test it, and we break down and we test estradiol and esterone, the two types of, there's three types of estrogen, but we want to test those two estradiol and estrone, when we look at that and you are actually flagged high, you are actually coming up as red, you have a little H next to your estrogen level. That is a state of estrogen dominance. And the question becomes, is that from xenoestrogens? Is that from exposure to estrogens in your environment that is pushing you into an estrogen dominant state? Or is your body just making too much? Now, hang with me. I know this is a lot of information. 
I'm going to, I'm going to break it down in steps for you. If your progesterone is low and ladies, you can see low progesterone in your twenties. I have had patients with progesterone in the toilet, literally that little less than symbol, less than 0.3, less than 0.5. If your progesterone is low, then you are estrogen dominant if it's outside of a one to 10 ratio. What do I mean by that? So let's say we test your progesterone and you're 35, 40, and your progesterone comes back at a one and your estrogen is 250. Now, maybe it wasn't flagged. Maybe you were in the the luteal phase where it came in within that, within normal limits, WNL, within normal limits, within that standard lab value test range. But when we do the ratio, and your progesterone wasn't even flagged low, right? Because per the standard lab value test range, it's fine too. But when we look at that from a functional perspective and we say, your progesterone is low, it's a one, and that estrogen is way outside of a one to 10 ratio with progesterone, you are in an estrogen dominant state. I have said this before on other podcasts, but it's definitely worth saying again, because I know many of you ask me, what's the optimal value for progesterone and estrogen? There is no number I can give you, like I can give you with TSH below a two. There is no number. It's about that ratio And it's about how you feel too. So if progesterone is the balancing calming hormone and that is low and estrogen is high, you're going to feel on edge. And it's not necessarily that you have too much estrogen, it's that you don't have enough progesterone. So what do we do in that case? We give you progesterone. We don't have to give anything to lower estrogen unless it's way outside the norm, unless you're really estrogen dominant, then we can use something like DIM or calcium deglucurate, but we give you more progesterone. We don't want to lower the estrogen too much because another factor, by the way, of low estrogen is anxiety and weight gain around the middle. Now you might experience weight gain overall. So again, I have another patient today. We're kind of going back and forth, trying to figure it all out. And this is where ladies, sometimes it's not your thyroid. I have another podcast called Sometimes It's Not Your Thyroid. Sometimes it's not your thyroid. Sometimes you really do have to look at your hormones if you are gaining weight or if you are anxious, if you are feeling on edge. Because if we look at your thyroid and your thyroid looks pretty damn good and we look over here and your estrogen's in the tank, you are going to be anxious and you will gain weight as well. Our goal is not to lower your estrogen to zero. Our goal is to get you optimized across the board. So if that means giving you a little bit of progesterone and giving you estrogen, then so be it. When you are taking estrogen replacement therapy, and I don't care who you are working with, I want you to listen. Estrogen should never be unopposed, meaning you need to have progesterone in the mix too. It is incredibly rare that we see low estrogen where we would have to actually use a compounded estradiol cream or use something like biased cream to raise your estrogen levels. We don't want to use that alone without using some type of progesterone, whether it be a cream or an oral form. Now, the oral form is great of progesterone because it turns it through the liver. It gets transformed into allopregnenolone, which is also very neuroprotective of the brain. And we can use a cream or we can use oral and cream. So that patient I talked about earlier that was on 400 milligrams of progesterone. No, 
no, maybe 200 and then add in some, some topical and do oral and topical together. For God's sake, you don't go up to 400 milligrams of progesterone. So we address the progesterone with the estrogen. So estrogen should not be, should not be unopposed, meaning don't use it alone. Estrogen also is not great in the oral form. That's where we see a lot of issues. Progesterone can be metabolized by the liver very smoothly. And actually, we get benefits, like I just said, when it's metabolized by the liver. Testosterone, meh. I mean, it kind of pounds the liver pretty hard when you take it in oral form. Testosterone really should be in an injectable or cream form. I know some of you are using pellets. That's going to raise your testosterone much too high. But testosterone tends to do better non-orally. Trochies, I'm kind of on the fence about. Estrogen should be a cream-based, cream-based. We don't want estrogen going through your liver. It's going to pound the hell out of it. So let's not do that. And as long as we're using the bioidentical form, Ladies, you don't have to worry. The bioidentical cream form, you do not have to worry about an increased risk of breast cancer because it's actually protecting you. There was one study, if you really want to deep dive into this, I'm actually going to tell you to go to Dr. Lindsay Berkson's site. And she does, she is a breast cancer survivor. She's a DES daughter. And she's a breast cancer survivor. I want to say she had it like 16 years ago, something like that. Has been on hormone replacement therapy ever since. She is a researcher. I love her to death. Dr. Berkson, if you're listening, I want to have you on this podcast. You can give this information to my people because you say it way better than I do because you know this inside and out. But if you want more information, definitely check out Dr. Lindsay Berkson's podcast. So she references she references a study done. Oh, I couldn't tell you the researcher. If you are a postmenopausal woman and you use estrogen, well, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, specifically estrogen and progesterone for just one year, just one year, you protect yourself from, you, you have a, a greater overall protection from breast cancer. I want to say it's like a 50 to 60% increased protection, just one year. And that kind of goes along with what I referenced earlier, finding that if these women would use estrogen and real progesterone, I know earlier you're going to say, you told me that estrogen shouldn't be unopposed. And this study used conjugated equine estrogen for seven years and people experienced a significant decrease in the incidence of mortality of breast cancer. I get it, but... Since then, we also have learned that estrogen is better when it's with progesterone, real progesterone, not fake progestin. Dr. Chblowski found, again, th these people, these women were using it for seven years to experience the decrease in the incidence and mortality of breast cancer. The study that Lindsay Berkson references, it was one year's worth of use after menopause decreases your risk of breast cancer. That's huge. That is huge. Can you imagine if we could all, if I could take all of you women and put you on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy? Now, would I want to use progesterone and testosterone too? Hell yeah. Because I want to give you that get shit done hormone. I want to give you a sex drive. I want to give you sexy lean muscle mass that comes from testosterone. 
I want to give you better sleep and, and calmness and a decrease in anxiety and depression that comes with progesterone. I want to give you that reduction in water retention that comes with progesterone use. But I also want to go over here and protect your breasts and protect your brain and give you a happy vagina and good skin and good hair that comes with estrogen. And if we do all of that and we optimize your thyroid at the same time, can you even imagine the life that you can experience in your 50s, 60s, and 70s? And what do I always say to you specifically in relation to thyroid? But this goes across the board, thyroid and hormones. I always say that God did not make us. I know there's going to be a counter argument. I'll address that in a second. You hold your tongue. God did not make us to be fat, frustrated, and tired and bald. He made our bodies to thrive. Now, the counter argument people are going to say, yes, but God gave us menopause. God made the human body to go through this state where we lose our periods and we're no, yeah, because he didn't want y'all having kids at 60. That's stupid. Am I wrong? Yes, there is that we were made by God to go through menopause, but also we were all, we're also, we're all given a brain and throughout the years, some of us have bigger brains than others. Those people figured out that there's a way to do this bioidentical hormone replacement therapy thing. And then when we go with Dr. T.S. Wiley, we even get deeper where she's saying, and I can give you a period into your 80s so that your body thinks that you're 20. And imagine the beauty that comes with that. Now, some of you are like, no thanks. And I understand that. The, the total T.S. Wiley approach of liter- restorative, like total res- restoration of your hormones to be having a cycle every single month into your 80s is not for everyone. It doesn't appeal to everyone, but it does come with benefits. But quite frankly, whether you go that route or you go the route of just kind of minimal hormone replacement therapy to maybe you're not having a cycle every month post-menopause, but you're sure as hell feeling better. Either way, I choose hormones. I choose hormones because I don't want to dry up and I don't want to get old. And I want to have protection against breast cancer. And I want to have protection against Alzheimer's because my mom had it and her dad had it. So I am going to do all of the things. Now, this is a road that I encourage you to do your own research on. Don't just go by this podcast, obviously. Listen to Lindsay Berkson. Get into the, to the research on what bioidentical hormone replacement therapy actually is and what it can do and what the benefits are. Downsides? Haven't found any. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are women out there that have been through breast cancer and are scared to death of anything containing the word E, estrogen. But I still would encourage you ladies to do some research because if used properly, estrogen can actually protect you from recurrence and can make your life a whole lot better. Because I know that tamoxifen pounded the hell out of your body and you're feeling really dry. You're feeling really dry right now. I encourage everyone to do their research and keep an open mind and push out what you've heard in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s about how hormones are bad and estrogen is bad. What we really should be focusing on is birth control pills are bad. That IUD you have in you is bad. Those two things that we all consider natural 
you know, because we're women and our doctors put us on the birth control and I had heavy periods and I had PCOS. So my doctor put me on birth control. That's what you should be questioning. That's what you should be taking out of your life. That is what is going to totally screw up your thyroid. That is what is going to put you in an increased risk of breast cancer. That's what's going to make you gain weight, not the bioidentical. That's what's going to give you the blood clot and the stroke, not the bioidentical. Do your research before making a decision. And as you know, even with the thyroid, don't go by what your doctor says, just because your doctor, it's the same doctor that told you your thyroid was normal too and within normal limits. And it's not. So that same doctor that said, Susie, you should not be using estrogen. You should not be using hormone replacement therapy because, you know, the women's health initiative showed that you'd have a stroke and and you get breast cancer. That's the same doctor that's telling you your thyroid is normal too. So open mind, people, open mind. So can estrogen be a bitch? Yeah. If it's dominant, can it be a friend? Yeah. It's right in the middle and it's balanced and it's optimized. So it can be friend or foe. All right, ladies, I hope you got a ton of information. Ladies, gentlemen, I know I left the guys out. This is really a topic for women today. I will see you all next week. And again, subscribe to the Thyroid Fixer podcast. Subscribe on YouTube as well. And I will see you all soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.